Shalom, and welcome back to another episode of Israel Policy Pod. I'm Eli Koaz, Communications Director, recording from Jerusalem. And I'm Michael Kaplow, Policy Director, also recording from Jerusalem. Eli and I are actually in the same place. Do you want to disclose where, or maybe we'll leave that for the end? Well, we're, we're in Jerusalem. We wanted to be in a Hummus place. We did. We did. We wanted to be at Hummus Ben Sira, which I try to go to every time I'm in Jerusalem. But our schedule is probably not, not going to allow it this time. That's Fair enough. Thinking. Well, we hope to record a podcast over hummus. It's one of me and Michael's dreams. I've long dreamt of recording a podcast over hummus with you, Eli. Now, I have to comment <laughs> before we start. Obviously, none of you can see Eli because this is a podcast. But today, as we have been going around on a relatively informal day, I would say, because we had, we had one meeting, but, but mostly it was going around and seeing various uh, lookouts and strategic points in the West Bank. Eli, you were wearing a jacket. And what's interesting about that is that yesterday, yesterday was a busy day. Yesterday, we, we woke up in Tel Aviv. We had lunch in Amman. We had dinner in Jericho and went to sleep in Jerusalem. It was, a, it was a busy day. And we were in Amman and we were at the royal palace of the, of the royal Hashemite court. And, and we met with the foreign minister and we met with an advisor to the king. And everybody else was was wearing a we jacket. Were, we were supposed to meet the king, I believe, until he saw me without. Oh, well, I think that's with, why we didn't see without, the king without my jacket. Right. So I you. Mean. So so for those of you you know who tuned me out thirty seconds ago, we were in Amman at the royal court, and Eli was not wearing a jacket. He was dressed very inappropriately. And you know something else? We were, we were given a very gracious gift. We were given dates. We were by the foreigner, and I just noticed that in my date box there were just. Just three empty, dates. Just three, three, dates. three dates. I'm surprised they even gave three you three dates. And I I'm think surprised. in the average box, there were at least like 20. So. I, would have, I would have given you an empty box. But it's interesting that you think that to make up for your inappropriate sartorial choices yesterday and offending the entire Jordanian government and monarchy by not wearing a jacket, you thought that today you'd make up for it, not by wearing clothing appropriate for today, but by putting on a jacket. So we, we, today we visited Bethlehem. It's a, a city with a significance, especially for... For Christianity, yeah, re- respecting respecting the place, <laughs> we we met with the former mayor, showing respect to her, mm-hmm. and y- you know what? I think it's it's time to move on because uh, I don't think this is what people are listening to the podcast <laughs> to the podcast for. That's but, probably but true. On, but, but, that, but it, on that that note, and please, I know I see that Michael's in, <laughs> that we, do, we have Doritos here and Bamba, so let's let's keep that for afterwards. <laughs> let's talk about one of Michael's. At least, I mean. I mean, he, he's taken photographs with her. He, he's written about her. Ayelet Shaked, former minister of justice. I mean, Michael, he, he is a fan. I don't think he's a fan of most of her policies, but uh, of her her in general. And I have, I have a lot of respect for Ayelet Shaked. I think she's a great, I think she's an excellent politician. I think she's very smart. She scares me because she's very good at what she does. So yes, I have, I have a lot of respect for her. So we were, a lot of people were thinking, I mean, we know that she... She didn't make a decision until this week about where she would run in these elections. And there was talk at first about her joining the Likud. And that was very popular among a lot of Likud supporters, but not so popular uh, from the prime minister, and in particular, the prime minister's wife, Sarah Netanyahu, who um, has a history with her, to say the least. And there was talk of her maybe becoming the head of the United Right Wing Party list, uh, where Rafi Peretz has kind of made a mess of things with his comments about homosexuals uh, the past few weeks. And the decision came a few days ago. And I have to say, it's pretty interesting that 
she is coming back to the new right, but it's not the new right. But in the last campaign, it was the new right with Bennett and Shaquette at the head. Bennett's name has almost been completely erased. His pictures are off all the posters. It's Ayala Shaked's new right. Yeah, so there's actually an Ayala Shaked campaign poster or an ad right outside just now as we and walked in. And you put in. it up this morning, right? Clearly, That's you clearly. up early. Exactly. I was up early plastering. Get a run around Jerusalem. <laughs> right, 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 plastering Jerusalem with Ayala Shaked campaign posters. But we were debating whether it's an old one or a new one because it has the exact same Shaked Tanatseach al Bagatz, the same phrase that was used in the last campaign, which didn't turn out so well. But uh, Eli, you, you convinced me that that's actually a, a new ad. And But to go to this point with Bennett... It's a last, new ad that was, I think it was printed in the last election, but that was the only ad... That without was, Bennett. Without Bennett. Right. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't say Bennett... I'm sure if you look all. over the recycling bins, you know what Israelis is barely recycled. <laughs> the, the, the garbage bins of, uh, of, of Jerusalem in the area will find lots of Bennett... Uh, New right, uh, right. <laughs> right. So Bennett, Bennett is absent is absent from this ad, and that's and uh, certainly that's interesting. So I agree with you. This is an interesting decision. I think that the best thing for Shaked, for her personally, in terms of her personal ambitions, would probably have been to go to Likud. I don't think it's only Sarah Netanyahu who doesn't want her in Likud. If I'm Didon Saar or Yuli Edelstein or Israel Katz or Gilad Erdan, and I've been waiting for the end of the Netanyahu era to take the leadership. And, you know, the end of the Netanyahu era, I think, is, is coming. I wouldn't want Ayala Chaket anywhere near Likud because she is popular and she's a good politician and she gets along with lots of people. And I think that she would be a prime candidate to challenge for the Likud leadership, perhaps not, you know, the very next time, but certainly in the near future. So I can understand why they wouldn't want her there. With the union of right-wing parties, Sarah Netanyahu played a role in that, too, because reportedly... She called up Rafi Peretz's wife, or she saw Rafi Peretz's wife last week and urged her to tell her husband not to give up the first spot for Shaked. But even leaving Sarah Netanyahu's machinations aside, I'm not sure that the Union of Right-Wing Parties wants Shaked, and I'm not sure that Shaked should want the Union of Right-Wing Parties. So let's maybe talk about that scenario, because since Shaked made her like introductory remarks as the head of the New Right, there's been talk a Twitter even exchange between Betzal Smotrich and Shaked of Shaked calling for the right-wing parties to meet. Smotrich saying, I'm free. What time should I come over? Very <laughs> friendly uh, exchange. Also, there were reports that Peretz, uh, Rabbi Rafi Peretz and Ayala Shaked met today. Do you think that's likely that they join up with uh, the new right in order to ensure that they pass uh, the threshold? I think that if they're willing to join up on Shaked's terms, then they'll probably do it. But we have to keep in mind that the reason Shaked and Bennett left Bayit Yehudi before the last election was because they were really chafing under the strictures of a party that they felt was beholden to the rabbis who, for better or worse, control Bayit Yehudi. Shaked herself is, is not religious, and you can understand why she wouldn't want to be at the head of a party that had, of course, it's the successor to the National Religious Party, but in some ways, had become even more ideologically religious over time. So you can understand why she wouldn't want to replicate that, particularly since now the, the head of Bayit Yehudi is actually a rabbi, Rafi Peretz. So, but, at the me, yeah, but at the same time, she, I'm sure she recognizes that the New Right was an attempt to, to kind of expand the appeal of, uh, of Bennett and Shaked, 
And it's something where, where they failed. I mean, they thought they could get votes from, and you could say that was due to, there was kind of an influx of voters that went to the two bigger parties because this really became like a two-horse race at the end, talking about the April elections. But I guess it's a question of, is Shaked going to make the calculation that it's best to like be safe and almost like go back to what the Abaita UD, even though this would be, I'm sure this would probably be like more of a formality, like a technical agreement, as opposed to like one one party. Right. Reportedly, she wants uh, she wants the first slot and then, you know, every every alternating slot. So, mm-hmm. you know, one, three, five, seven, nine on down. But I, I hear that argument for sure. But I, I think that if I'm Shaked, it may be worth rolling the dice without all the baggage that comes with Jewish home. And by the way, it's not just yeah. it's not just the rabbis. It's also that, you know, Jewish home is, is likely going to bring with it along the, the Kahanists. The Jewish again. strength, yeah. The, right. You have Otsma Yehudit, uh, Otsma Yehudit and the, you know, who are the Kahanists. And and frankly, Shaked and Bennett didn't like Batal Smotrich either when they were forced to coexist with him in the last iteration of Bayat UD. So there's that. But I think that there are some key differences. One, from last time. One is that last time Bennett was at the head, and this time Shaked is at the head. And by all accounts, Shaked is more popular than Bennett. And they missed the threshold last time by 3,000 votes. And I'd have to think that Shaked being the number one, the number one certainly gets them an you know, additional 3,000 at least. Yeah, so Shaked, I mean, she's in all uh, opinion polls in Israel, she's definitely more popular than Bennett. But there's a question of more popular and voting for are two different things. We haven't seen many polls since Shaked was announced, right. but we haven't seen like a huge, in the polls we have seen, we haven't seen a huge change in the new right. And also this must say something about what a, like even just Naftali Bennett and like the look of the party all of a sudden just completely change face for him. When people go and vote for a party, are they going to vote for a party that's just one thing doesn't go their way and then all of a sudden they just completely shift because that's what it, it's not it, a sign of political a, confidence, and I don't know if it's a sign of getting of, of voters. That I mean, I don't see where they're going to get votes from. I assume that Netanyahu will do the same thing that he did during last election and during the twenty fifteen elections. I assume that it will be a close race until the end. There are really no constituents that she like can depend on. She's probably not even going to perform as well in in, in settlements, which are I mean, the new right won settlements like Efrat and some other. I could say less extreme, less far right. Why do you think she won't use well in settlements? Because I, most of those majority of the populations there are national religious. I think Bennett is more popular there than Shaked. Not overall in Israel, but definitely in those in those areas. I don't. I don't think that she's going to lose voters in settlements. Her her policies are very clearly favorable to them. She did more for them in the last government as justice minister than Bennett did for them. That that's fair, but for. The, at the same time, I mean, I don't like I'm not going to insult these particular voters, but I think they're more comfortable. A lot of them voting for a man, they're vo- more comfortable voting for someone wearing a kippah. I think that the voters who who are inclined to hold those views and vote that way. My guess is that in the last election, they voted for the Union of Right Wing Parties anyway. I think that the voters who vote for Bennett and Chuckhead are overwhelmingly people who, who live over the green line. But I think that the ones who voted for them last time are not the hardcore ideological ones on the religious spectrum. I think that if you are, let's say you're, you know, someone like... Odette um, Revivi. I mean, forget about Odette I was going to say Donnie Dayan, right? Okay. So Donnie Dayan, you know, current consul general in New York, who happens to be a wonderful guy, even though we uh, we do not necessarily agree with uh, with his political views. 
before no, this, you, before you this, agree that Israel should exist. You have, this is a common ground here. Israel should there's, be there's a certainly, Jewish state. There's certainly there's, should be a secure state. I'm not going to go to the dem- democratic part. There's certainly um, there's certainly common ground. And as I said, ground. as I said, Danny Dion is, is is truly truly a match. Yes. Um, but before he was consul general in New York, he was the head of the Yesha Council, and he's the kind of person who I think would be attracted to that party, whether it's Bennett or Shaked. And I think that you're right, he's not he himself is not Dati and. He cares about the settlement as an ideological issue, not as a religious issue. I think that those types of voters probably voted for Hayamina Khadash last time. And I don't think that they're going to desert it because Shaked is, is there ahead of Bennett. And I think that Shaked picks up other voters who like her on other issues. So I think I think she might, but I, I'm still, I'm not as confident as you as this means they're 100% if they run alone. I'm not saying they're going to run. No. I'm not saying they're going to run alone. I'm if just saying they, there, I think assume, there are arguments. There are arguments for them to run. Alone. Assuming they run alone, I don't think it's a sure thing that they'll pass uh, the electoral threshold. I think it will still be a very close. But obviously, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, the lists, party lists, close on August first. I think that's a good point for us to transition. Are you not going to eat the Doritos, Michael? Go ahead, pass, <laughs> pass. I'll just have you're going to uh, you're going to eat those the Doritos, Doritos on, a podcast, on, a, on a podcast. I apologize. Right. Um, For anybody who's listening to the, the crunching and the, and the well, bag <laughs> Michael, you have, what's your favorite? Is this your favorite flavor? Am I eating the Doritos? Doritos? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, Do they have Kamutz in North America? I don't know because uh, Doritos in North America are not, are not kosher. Are not so kosher, I, don't, I, don't, I don't bring them into my house in, uh, in North America. But, uh, but here they are. So, mm. you know. But I, but I, I have to tell you, I was here last summer, and my kids are. are I don't think anybody can hear what you're saying over, the, over, over your crunching. <laughs> I was, I was here all last summer, and my with with my family, and my kids are huge fans of Doritos. You know, they bought every single flavor available. I don't, I don't particularly so like you're, for the entire year. You make your kids suffer. I make them go Doritoless. Every time I'm here, they ask me to. Bring, they, 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 ask, back? they ask me to bring them back Doritos. Also, I think you may look up. I think Doritos may be. There may be a Dorito that's kosher in Canada. Is that right? Flavor is, is that right? Yeah, so is you're always right? welcome. Uh, up thank north, you, Eli. Up yeah, but, but I have to say, I, I sampled pretty much every flavor of Doritos uh, last summer. I mean, this is not really my type of snack. You know, As, as you know, I'm, I'm more of a chocolate, chocolate kind of guy. But Hamutz Kharif Doritos, uh, as I've learned, are the only flavor that I actually like. So, yeah. Well, yes, it, it is very... Very Hamutzi and Kharifi. Very, yes. Yes. Hamutz Kharif. Yes. Spicy, sour. Right, sour, spicy. I don't think you can market that <laughs> in the US. In yeah, I don't. I think they'd have to change the name. So. so we'll take a break from the spicy, sour Doritos and talk about the left of the Israeli political map. Last week, I did did a podcast with Evan, and we talked about Orly Levy and uh, joining up with the Labor Party. Orly Levy coming, starting out in the Israel Beitenu of Victor Lieberman's party, and ending up with with labor after failing to pass the th- threshold last elections with her Gesher party. So it's kind of, let's just say that there, before there were talks of this big merger on the left between Meretz, Ehud Barak's new party, the Israel Democratic Party, and labor. Labor has kind of left that conversation because the decision to join up with Orly Levy is clearly uh, a sign that they're going to take the route of Making themselves a completely a party based on social issues, it's going to try to appeal broadly to a lot of periphery towns, and obviously joining up with Meretz and Barak would not be a popular move if that's the route they want to take. What's your take on what the other two parties do? Do you think Meretz are going to join up with Barak in order to make sure both parties pass the threshold, or do you think that they'll run? Independently, a lot of people spoke about the problem for Meretz that if they were to join with Barack, 
Arab voters, which were key to Merritt's passing the threshold in the last election, will defect to other parties because of Barack's history with Arabs during his time as prime minister and in the army. And even today, uh, Isawali uh, Frij, who is a Arab MK for Merritt's, he's been speaking in favor of some sort of merger. And he said it's important for Barack to kind of talk about what his past uh, experiences with Arabs. And Barack actually apologized for what happened in 2000 when a few Palestinian citizens of Israel, Arab Israelis, were killed in, in a protest in Israel when he was during his time as prime minister. So Barack apologized literally, I think it was like 30 minutes after <laughs> the statement came out. So Barack's clearly interested in this merger. The last few polls since this Orly Levy, uh, Amir Peretz, Avodah link up have had Barack under the threshold, maybe slightly above in a few. So what's your take on, on this? There are a lot of variables here. I think in a perfect world, Meretz would prefer to merge with labor. I'm not sure if they still see that as viable after the Orly Levy move. And even more so, you know, reportedly Orly Levy gets a veto on any any future mergers. And I don't think that she's interested in running together with Meretz. As you point out, there are very clear signs that Meretz and Barack now want to merge. Certainly Barack seems to want to. I think that on balance, it probably makes sense for Meretz. And we were, you know, you, you and I were, were debating this earlier earlier in the week. Too bad we weren't, <laughs> we weren't recording it, about whether, whether Meretz benefits more from bringing in Barack and, and losing Arab voters or whether they benefit more from trying to attract more Arab voters and not bringing in Barack because... You know who knows if Barack is even exactly. is even going to be a threshold. I, I, you know, at this point, yeah. if the if this apology if this apology works, they're probably better off going with him. But you know, there's another variable here, which is that Staff Shafir has been threatening to leave Labor and and you know take her supporters yeah, with she her. Was seen taking pictures with Noah Rothman right. in the meeting. Who was Yitzhak Rabin's granddaughter, who was one of the first to join up with Barack. She's continuously spoken out about how important uh, mergers are on the left. That's what she ran her campaign, her labor leadership campaign on. Right. And she, she has said that if, if Amir Peretz does not pursue a merger with both Meretz and, Bar- and Barack, and there's this big left-wing merger, then she's going to leave labor and, and, and take her people with her and, and go over to Meretz. And we're now in this... Go over to Meretz or potentially Barack? Oh, I'm sorry, potentially Barack and uh, then presumably join together, with, yes. you know, join together with Meretz. And we're now in this, you know, bizarre place where... <laughs> There's an actual possibility in my mind that all this hap- if all this happens, that the Barack Meretz list will do better better than Labor, which or it would not. It would just be a mere Paris and a few, and Orly Levy would be a completely different Meretz would right. pretty much become become Labor, which right? Is what Barack, Barack Meretz is kind of known for doing just right. kind of a new party, and just taking as many as he can, um, right? Yeah. And, I, and I have to say, you know, I've been literally literally critical of Avi Avi Gabay from the day, almost the day, the day after. He uh, became the the head of labor. I had no and, opinion. <laughs> of course, Eva, you had, you had no opinion. You didn't. You certainly didn't think he was the savior of labor. If no. People go back through podcasts and things that you've written for Israel Policy Forum. You won't you won't you won't find Eli on the record at all saying saying things like that. I'm, I'm certain that I won't find that. Um, no, but in all seriousness, you know, Avi Gabay was a historic disaster, and I was certain that it didn't matter who won between Amir Peretz, Stav Shafir, or Itzik Shmuley. Whoever it was was going to do better than Gabai and leave labor in a better in a better place. 
And frankly, I, I don't understand what Amir Peretz is doing. Uh, you know, he tried this before back in uh, the mid 2000s and it worked then. But we're in a very different spot and labor is in a much more precarious place than it was then. And I, I get the logic behind merging with Gesher and thinking they can uh, they can appeal to Mizrahi voters on the Listen, periphery. Michael, but, we have a dinner to get to. I don't want to open up this kind of words, <laughs> but if, if you're opening it, I think we should say that it, if the center left wants, I think it's unlikely that they form a coalition without that. I think a unity government is probably the most likely scenario. But if they want to form a government or at least change the political map, I think you agree that they have to move votes from uh, the, the right or center right, soft right, whatever you want to call it. To uh, the other side. The side yes, side. but I don't think you're saying, "Hey, you know, here, here are two Mizrahim at the head of the party. Come vote for us." No, but, but there's, I mean, uh, Amir Peretzli is from uh, from Sterod. He's going to do better. He'll lose votes in places like Tel Aviv and like keep uh, some kibbutzim, even though he's very popular because he's a, a labor union he's a root, uh guy. But he'll do better in Sterod. He'll do better in Netivod. He'll do better in Kiryat Shmona. He'll do better question. in all. Question. That was that was the exact theory that Moshe Kachlon ran on with Kulan, okay? And he how got did, 10 seats. How did, the first time. How did that work the out for him? How did that work, for, out, work out for him he, a couple the months ago? Time he, 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 the second time, I think he gave up and he just tried to, he completely focused on, I think it was a different situation. I think, it, no, I just, <laughs> I do think it was a completely different situation. And also I think Amir Peretz and just coming from like having the Labour Party and not having just like an artificial party that was created. Um, and also Orly Levy, she showed, I mean, she did, her performance in the election wasn't great because she had declined, but she clearly has some potential. There are people that like her. She's popular. People will consider voting for her. I don't know. For me, it's a calculation. It's definitely a risk, but I think, I don't think it's a bad decision from Amir Peretz if he actually wants to, to change the political map. I think if he were to just join and make a big left party, I don't think that would really change the amount of seats. It would definitely guarantee that none none of the three parties sink below the threshold. But I don't think it would be a move that would, like you're not going to get any Likud or like uh, Likud voters to say, oh, the, all the leftists got together. I'm going to all of a sudden uh, vote for them to end occupation. It's definitely a risk, but I think it's one that's not as bad as you're making it out to be. Listen, to, I, think, I think to me the likeliest outcome from this election is another deadlock and a unity government forming after after Likud gets oh, rid of prediction time. Now. Uh, well, I'll, I'll venture. I'll venture. I'll venture, I'll venture no, I'll venture an early prediction, which is that you know it's going to be it's going to be a deadlock again. The only way to avoid elections for a third time is going to be a unity government. That can only happen if Netanyahu is gone. I don't think Likud people are going to allow him to drag that him in, into this again. And conundrum. I think and I think that they will. That would be a conundrum. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Well, now you have to explain because not every listener oh, is yes, going to get course. the kind of reference. Was a, there was an excellent Netanyahu uh, out of the the Likud office of uh, the Likud campaign office. There was an excellent, excellent ad, uh, really uh, marvelous, where they they said, "Who do you want to speak for Israel?" And they had a, a video of uh, of Lapid uh, speaking on uh, in English. In English, I think it was on a BBC interview. They obviously chopped it up. They, you, you, you have your Israeli, eh, ah, eh, ah, and he was speaking, eh, eh, Israel, and he said the word conundrum. He did say it with a bit of an Israeli accent, but I, I think the, the Likud team, I'm not sure about their English level. Netanyahu obviously is great English. The Likud team, the, clearly. The, the Likud team clearly, made, it, made it seem so, as if conundrum was a made up they word. They thought gibberish. conundrum was a made up word. Right. And so they, I think in Hebrew, they wrote kotutum. <laughs> 
And then uh, Netanyahu's campaign manager said, I think it must be a, some type of uh, Mediterranean salt. Um, but then he was corrected by the whole world of Twitter. I'm actually impressed that Lapid used the word conundrum. Yes, I agree. On BBC, I think, uh, I mean... That scores points for me. I, yeah. I agree. So, but, to, I mean, but to get back to get back to the actual the sorry, actual point that sorry. I that I think I was trying to make, I I think that there's a good chance of, of unity government. And that only happens if we could get rid of Netanyahu. And I, I think that you know if I had to bet a few months out now what's going to happen, that that would be what I what I'd put my money on. But leaving that aside, as you say, if, if the if the left center block has any chance of forming a coalition, they have to enlarge that block. I'm not sure that the way to do it is. By trying to peel off Mizrahi voters by just having two Mizrahi people at the top of labor and expanding the block that way, I think they have to change the types of issues that they engage on and and the types of things they talk about, and particularly on security. Which but you have part, but that, that's my my point is you still those people who are looking for security they they have parties to they have parties to vote for. I think there are people who used to vote for left of center parties who are now convinced that the left of center doesn't have any security policy. Right? That, I mean, even. Gantz and Ashkenazi, who are not left of center, ran in the last campaign without even making a security argument of their own, right? They and and maybe they can get away with that because they're former chiefs of staff. The other folks on the you know the people who are actually in the left of center block can't get away with that. They have to they actually have to embrace security issues and advance a security argument that comes from the left, as opposed to just saying we'll take the same policies and make them better, or we'll be even you know more hawkish than than BB, which is what Avi Gabai tried to do last time. I think until that happens, left of center can try all the gimmicks they want to expand their block, and I don't think it's going to work. I'm going to say that I don't know if this will change the political map in Israel. I think that's far-fetched. But I think we'll see better results for the center-left map, for the center-left block, excuse me, in a lot of Israeli periphery towns where there was pretty— Specifically to labor. Specifically to labor, Gesher. And again, I don't know if that will make a, a difference in the grand scheme of things. That's going to be uh, something to watch. Do you have anything else to talk about? Or <laughs> Well, I mean, you seem like you want to get back to the Chomot Kharif Doritos. So I mean, I there's wouldn't... also Bamba here. <laughs> when do we have dinner? When's dinner? Uh, I, think, I think a couple uh, of hours. Okay, so I mean, I guess we'll, we're, we're going to get back to our snacks. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Dr. Kapo, it's always uh, <laughs> always a pleasure. Um, sorry, we went the whole episode without giving you proper. Uh, thank you, credit, thank you, Eli. As, as you know, as you know, I really, I really appreciate that because I always like to stand on ceremony. Okay, well, well, well thank you, and uh, keep following the 120 uh, project at israelpolicyforum.org/slash/elections2. That's the number two, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>